Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. This is Austin Linney here. I'm not even going to call her by her name, so we'll just call her Force of Nature. That's what, that's the nickname, Force of Nature. Uh, before you introduce yourself, uh, Amy English texted me the other day when she met with you, and she's like, Sylvia's a baller. And I was like, yeah, just like that. Say it just like that. She's a baller. And uh, for anybody who doesn't know, I spoke at an event. By the way, it's been so amazing to me. I'm literally hanging out with like five people from that one event. So if you ever think showing up's awesome. half the battle, but you're sitting in the front row, I'm answering questions. I meet, you know, I talk to you and you're like so quick with it. You're smart. And then you invited me out to this amazing dinner. And here we are. Now you're on here the podcast. Here we are. Amazing people. This is what it's about. Like what, what better thing can we do with our time is just hang out with amazing people, have amazing conversations and push each other. Like the first thing you said today was like, we got to get our shit together. <laughs> I was like, that's right. We're not doing I enough. So I, have, we gotta I it tell up. everybody, I got 50 meetings this week uh, between Monday and Thursday, and I got to get my shit together, right? <laughs> I love it. Exactly. It's like, yeah. we're slacking. You know what? We're slacking. <laughs> so, so you're in, this is my favorite time to interview people. You're in a transition phase. And yeah. I love this, right? So before we talk about that, talk about, you know, who you were, you know, you start where you want to, but two, three, four years ago, you know, who was that person? Yeah, two, three, four years ago. Well, first of all, my name is Sylvie McCracken. And I, two, three, four years ago, I, hmm, I was middle, you know, it was like six years into entrepreneurship. I feel like entrepreneurship is this very nonlinear sort of thing. Hopefully it's trending upwards if you're doing it sort of kind of right, or if you're hanging in there rather. Um, but, you know, just kind of transitioning again, I feel like the transition is going to be this this shedding of snakeskin going, you know, forever, really. I don't know that we ever arrive, right? Or at least for me, that's been my experience. And I think it will be going forward. I don't know that I ever have sort of uh, picked what I want to be when I grow up. Um, I don't I don't even know if, if, if I've picked it yet, right? It's sort of like, I know what I want to do the next year. And then we'll see. I sort of have a 10-year vision and it changes with new information along the way and with trial and error. Um, so, but I was uh, running a health blog. I still have my health blog. Uh, that's kind of what got me into entrepreneurship was writing about health, being very, very sick, taking matters into my own hands and um, sharing with others what I'd done. So I wrote five books on health. I um, share information products on health, uh, supplements on health on that site, which is hollywoodhomestead.com. And then I had all kinds of nutritionists and docs and other health practitioners come my way going, how are you doing this? You're not even a doc. How are you making money um, on health? Can you teach us? And so I started a you know, multitude of programs for health practitioners in particular. Um, we're still running some, but we are no longer taking new clients, which is really teaching health professionals how to create online programs, how to get out of the one-on-one, -on -one, help a ton of people and not be tied to their, you know, their desks and their hours. So that's kind of what I was doing or what I have been doing up until now. And, you know, as we speak, you're winding that business down, kind of moving in a different direction. Uh, a couple questions. Do you feel like you're leaving it at the right time? Do you feel like you've hang you hung on too long? 
is the timing perfect? You know, that's everybody's kind of thing. Did is is like is the is the transition like right when I needed it, or was it like, you know, was it too long? Yeah, you know, I don't know. It's so it's sort of. I mean, I guess I'm still in it, so I don't have the hindsight perhaps just yet. So I don't know. I think what I've noticed for myself is sort of patterns of every few years, like just when I've sort of mastered something is when I'm like, oh, this isn't challenging anymore. Like what's the next challenge? Like what's the next level? What's the next thing? I think if you were to ask um, much smarter people than I, they would uh, tell you that I should have sold the business. I should have, you know, brought in an operator, scaled it to, you know, we scaled it to, to, uh, to seven figures. We, you know, that we should have scaled it to eight and then sold and brought investors in and blah, 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 blah. The, the short answer to all of that is I just don't freaking feel like it. Like that just all felt like um, stuff I would have had to do and figure out that I, I get that on the Excel sheet. I know how to read the numbers. I get that those are better numbers and I don't want to do it. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I think, you know, what is fascinating, whether you believe in God, the universe, what have you is once I sort of, you know, put my money where my mouth is. Once I announced like, Hey guys, we're doing both to my team. Like I had to, I had to mull it over, had sort of the guilt of like, Oh, well, that, that means certain positions in my company, you know, full-time W2 employee positions will be phased out. Um, you know, so I had all of that, that mama bear energy that is like, I have to provide for the entire universe, but how, how dare I not, you know, want to close this thing and do this other thing. Um, once I sort of did that, once I was like, announced it to, to team, you know, have that, those conversations announced it to potential clients of like, Hey, this is your last chance. If you want to get in. We're not, we're not running this again. What was crazy is the timing of like, I was like, you know, well, we're going to have to replace this, you know, sizable, uh, revenue. Right. And, and part of it was I, I refused to sort of wait till that had happened to be able to do it. I, I did it the other way around. And I've often done this where I'm like, I'm flying out of the plane. We're going to find the parachute on the way down. And it was like next day, it was sort of like this wink from the universe of like, oh, here's this opportunity in the real estate space. Here's this opportunity. And I was like, holy shit, like, thank God, because, uh, you know, I just announced this thing yesterday and kind of wasn't sure what was going to happen in six months. How do you move so fluidly through your identities? Because a lot of people wrap their identities in kind of their, their business or their job. Like, how do you you know, do you, do you leave a little piece of yourself behind and kind of recreate, like you said, the skin or like, how do you? Yeah. You know, I think, I mean, I think at this point, cause I don't know that it, I mean, it's like, maybe it looks fluidly on Instagram or something. I think there's a lot of moments of like, what the hell am I doing? Um, so there's a lot of those moments. I think I'm sort of a little more used to it now. And I think I've had so many kind of deaths of the ego or whatnot, where, um, you know, I've, I've had these identity shifts and maybe it's just getting older where you just, um, are fresh out of fucks. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny that you say that everybody asks me all the time and I'm sure they come to you and they say, how do you do so many different things? And I go, because they're not, they're not me. I'm me. Right. And I'm driving the car, but the vehicle changes. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you have to like know yourself and like what's wild. And my fiance brings this up a lot. Like, you know yourself so much. It scares people almost. Yeah. The self-awareness on steroids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think it's also, it's, it's this sort of like, um, cause it was what's held me back. And I think what, what has held, you know, what held holds a lot of people back is, you know, that fear of failure. Right. And I've, and, and the thing is once you've failed so many dang times, it's not that the fear has completely gone away, but it's sort of like you almost expect it and it, you know that you're not going to die. It's going to be fine. And as a matter of fact, 
failure is almost a prerequisite to winning anyway. So it's like, let's get in there. Let's fall off the bike and skin our knees a few times so we can learn to ride the bike. And going into something new, I know that I don't know what I don't know. Um, I, you know, I know that I'm, I mean, I'm like the most willing at this point to ask the stupid questions, to be the one in the room going, I don't understand that back it up. What's that acronym? And there's 25 other people that have the same question, but don't have the guts to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if I can just add speed to that, where it's like, how can I be the stupidest? How can I fail the fastest, fail the most often so that I can either decide this is what I want to do or not. I can bounce if I don't want to do it or I can get to the wins. And so that's been, um, and, 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 you know, I've done, I've been dabbling in real estate now for a bit to where it's not like I'm completely coming out of left field going, let me try this. I've had some wins so that I can be like, all right, I want to, I want to do this more. Uh, I want to d- dive into this deeper, you know? <clears throat> well, I, I think that I ask my team all the time, like, what'd you fail at today? Like, it's just such a different mindset. It's like, yeah. You know, uh, the same thing I told the guy that I just interviewed, like, you know, my favorite quote from Jim Rome is like, you know what the top 1% do that other people don't? They ask. Mm, yeah. You know? and, and so like, we've created this thing of like, you know what, sit down, shut up, be quiet. And here's the difference. I'm loud. I'm in your way. And I'm going to ask the questions necessary right. to get the answer I need. Right. And so now here's the, here's the rub. And, I, and I'd love to hear this kind of dialogue coach to coach. When I first started coaching, I wouldn't even let him freaking talk because I was so <laughs> geared up, right? Yeah. But what somebody taught me in that moment is when you don't ask the right questions, you can't, you can't operate or coach from a point in their life that matters because mm. you don't have all the info, right? right. Well, that should, be, yeah. that should be applicative for everything in your life. If you don't ask the right questions, you don't know where to start. Yeah, for sure. for sure. I mean, I think coaching a lot of the times is really letting the other person really get to the answer themselves with a series of questions. It's asking questions. It's not statements. Right. And, and, and parenting is the same way. A lot of the times, you know, as a parent, I mean, I consider myself mostly a coach because the reality is I can run a dictatorship, but I don't know. I mean, what's that going to do? It's just going to make them, you know, Mm -hmm. do a certain thing for 18 years and then what, and then they've got to actually start then. I'd rather right now be like, all right, let's, let's, let's compare. Let's, let's figure out like, do you feel better when you eat eggs in the morning? Or do you feel better when you eat frosted flakes? Like, I don't know which one makes you feel better. Yeah. I know what makes me feel better. Yeah. I love that. And so when you started getting into real estate, you know, what intrigued you about, you know, the vehicle of real estate and kind of, you know, when you first getting fresh in something new. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's wild about it for me is that I, I was a lifelong tenant and a lifelong renter and I'm talking about childhood, everything, right? Like so much so that we sometimes weren't even renting our own place. We were renting, not, I don't know. I don't even know that we were paying at that point. We were living in people's basements and whatnot. So it's sort of, you know, so home ownership sort of was this thing of like, that's for other people. Like, I don't know, rich people, I don't know, put whatever adjective you want on it, but it's not for people like us. So it was this really interesting thing that held me back. And then, of course, you know, when I came to back to the U.S., I grew up in Argentina, came back to the U.S. at 21, single mom of a three-year-old that I had when I was 18, no college degree, just trying to make a living, just trying to keep the lights on. I was looking around at these houses in Santa Monica going, <laughs> who, for who? Like, it just reinforced the, the thing. It was like, well, okay, well, I don't know how we're going to do this. Um, so, so, but, but it was always this sort of like, that would be nice, but it seems out of reach. 
I think for me, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was a combination of, uh, of knowing that I didn't want active income, you know, passive income was something that I was drawn to from the start. It's what started my first business. I knew that even if it was a $25 ebook, I liked the fact that it was selling at three in the morning, um, you know, without me having to be there without anyone on my team having to deliver it. Like it was that little sort of thing in 2013 of like, Oh, these $25 came in and this ebook was delivered and there was no human available to do that. There was no brick and mortar store that had to be open. There was none of that. Right. So it was sort of like, huh, how can we do more of this? And I think, you know, so for me, real estate just feels like something that's tangible feels like even when it's all going to hell, I really, I, you know, I really don't know a lot about NFTs, don't know a lot about crypto, don't know a lot about these things that I can't hold, see and understand. Um, and real estate is the opposite of that for me. I sort of, I understand four walls and a roof. <laughs> this is one of the houses that I bought with seller finance not that long ago. Um, and, and I'm, I'm loving the process of that. I'm loving the process of showing my kids of, you know, building that sort of, um, building that wealth that is going to be here well beyond my years. And I also love travel. So it fuels that a little bit of being able to have these short-term rentals and being able to, you know, live in them for some of the time and, and have them uh, cover themselves, you know, kind of have them pay for themselves and be assets that I'm not having to pour money and time into. Mm -hmm. You come off as such a confident driven, you know, kind of like, you know, straight line person. Is this how you've always been your entire life? (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you. First of all, Um, driven, probably yes. Driven, probably yes. Um, confident, I would say no. So drive, I feel like I don't, you know, I'm still not, it's funny because the dinners that I host, I call them driven dinners because really I, you know, I enjoy being around driven people, people that are um, excited about doing things, people that are motivated, people that have goals that go achieve them, that do things, all that good stuff. Um, And I, I think the drive I don't, I don't know. Like, are you born with drive or is it, is it a nature or nurture thing? I'm not entirely sure. I can tell you that, um, with circumstances in my life, I knew for sure if I wasn't going to go do something, things were going to stay the way they had been right. Things were going to stay not so great. Um, so I, I feel like circumstance definitely enhanced that where it's like things were not handed to me. And so I had to go make them happen and that sort of fueled the drive. And then it's sort of a game, right. Then it sort of, once the need went away, it sort of became, well, what else is there? What's the next level? Right. And it's sort of that entrepreneurial, um, cycle as far as the confidence, I think that's also, that's been, that's been a hell of a journey. Um, and I think, you know, I think part of it has been, I I don't know when this happened, but I think once I really, uh, started flipping the question to why not me, things got a little bit easier. Once I realized, you know, it's that sort of classic as a kid, you think adults have it all figured out, you know, like, Oh, the grownups have it all figured out. Then you become one and you realize, Oh, we're all kind of winging it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We're all kind of winging it. Um, And so I think that's what, you know, it was sort of one of these things where I I got this question a lot when I was writing books, like one of my most popular books is the SIBO solution, which is what stands for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. It's a gastroenterological situation, right? There should be GI docs that are writing about this, et cetera. And I I hesitated on writing it for a good amount of time because I thought, well, my doc should be writing this. Not me. My, there's so many people that have so many more quali- qualifications, an MD, an ND, uh, whatever, some kind of D. <laughs> um, and, and, and here I am which a, with a bachelor's in finance, which I don't even think that means anything, um, writing the darn book. But the reality is my doc at the time had been saying she was going to write this book for however many years and still hadn't done it. And I think actually as 
as of right now, she still hasn't done it. Right. And so, and what was interesting is I was like, well, screw it. I'm just going to go do it and see what happens. And the message is that, and I wrote it very much from a patient's perspective of this is my experience. Here's what my doc suggested. Here's what this other doc says. Here's this protocol, that protocol, like pick and choose. Here's what I did. Here's how it went. So I wrote it very much like that. And all of the kind of comments that I received on it was like, holy cow, it was just so helpful to see it from, you know, the patient's perspective of what it's like to go through the elemental diet or this protocol or that protocol and and this, you know, and and so it was one of those things that it just sort of, I think doing things has fueled like, oh, okay, well I did it and I didn't die. I mean, I definitely got some hate mail along the way for sure. Yeah, of course. course. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, it sort of fuels the like, oh, let's let's try the next thing that's hard. We felt hard before. I know. And I think you know, that's the third time I've heard something like that. Like I, I wrote a book that I thought somebody else should write and they didn't. And so I did. And of course I got a little hate, but there were so many more people that reached out. And what's interesting about the podcast is everybody asks, like, you know, why do you have a podcast? And it's like, my hope is that you share a story about something that you did. And then here's somebody says that they, you know, and, and so if, if, what I mean is I've had guys that have had, you know, $500 million worth of real estate. And you would think that would be the most listened to show. Mm. But the most listened to show I've ever had was from a single mom who has three kids who stays at home and almost died of alcohol addiction. Because people can hear themselves. And so like when I get my clients or my friends to go to an event or go to something, they're like, well, I I can't be in that room. And and I said, "Why why did I send you to their event? And they go, well, to learn. No, 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 that's not why I sent you. I sent you so you can stare at the guy that's doing the event and you can look at him dead in the face and go, he ain't no different than me. Totally. And that's when the light bulb switches. That's when it changes. And so when you wrote that book and you said, I might not have DD next to my name, but I cared enough to write something that helped people. Boom. Yeah, for sure. The confidence goes through the roof, right? For sure. It's the, it's the not disqualifying yourself. You're going to be disqualified plenty by other people. Um, but at the very least, like don't disqualify yourself. Don't start there. And that's what we do, right? Yeah. We disqualify our kids, ourselves, yeah. and then we wake up and we're 50 years old and we're still doing the same thing. Right? For sure. And I think, I think one of the things that you and I feed off of and my mentor, that's my business partner too, which I can't wait to introduce you to one day is speed. Like mm, yeah. we love speed. Like, yeah. and, and when you, when you come from drug addiction, you come from alcohol addiction, like that I did, it's just basically whatever, fuck it. Right. And it's kind of yeah. like you said, like at some point you're like, I don't have fucks to give anymore. Yeah. Fresh out. And, yeah. and like, that's where it takes it to another level. So shutting down the coaching business, focus on real estate. You know, how do you see the next two, three years of your life rolling out when you're leaving this huge business that has been wildly successful, which most people wouldn't have, you know, the confidence to shut it down. Yeah. How do you see this next couple of years paying out for you? I mean, I see it, you know, as really exciting in terms of how much learning there is ahead of me, right? Because I mean, at this point, I think I'm 16 doors in, um, in four different states in terms of real estate. So still very new, um, but a lot of it happened really, really fast. And uh, I think we're going into a really interesting time real estate wise. 
And so it's, that's one of my focuses as well as acquiring businesses. So not starting one from scratch necessarily, not never again, we'll see, but not anytime soon. I don't have any plans of starting a business anytime soon. I would like to acquire a business and um, come in with a scaling, which is kind of my favorite part anyway, is not the zero Mm -hmm. to one, but coming in with something that's working pretty good, but can be made a lot better and taking it to the next level. Um, So I'm I'm super excited. I think I'm going to definitely skin my knees on, on every single acquisition I've done so far, real estate wise. I have learned something where I'm like, ah, we'll do that differently next time. Wow. Good to know. Um, and so I'm excited for the learning. Um, you know, some of the goals my business partners and I have are freaking terrifying. Um, but, but that's the fun of it, right? It's sort of like, oh, all right, that's actually uh, quite a bit more and quite a bit larger and faster than I was going to even do it. And I love that too. Like I love being around uh, people that challenge me and call me out on my shit, right? And is like, are like, you know what? You got to do this faster. How about we do it, you know, today uh, versus next week or whatever else? And I'm like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> well, I'm going to bring you in as an outside consultant for us. Love so it. you can get your your hands dirty in, in that business. Great. Have you have you have you read the book uh, Buy Them Build? I have by uh, Dival. Walker Dival. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I actually. Sell. Have you read Built to Sell? I have John Warlow. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you're yeah, ready. I, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm, you're I'm, ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah, I mean, I, I like, you know, I, I had a chance to, to see Walker Dybul speak recently as well. And it really, yeah, it got me really, really motivated. So, um, yeah. And of course, I mean, you know, he's, uh, and he's a, he's a broker as well. Uh, so yes, super, super smart people. And yeah, can't wait to learn more about that. I still sort of get cross-eyed as I'm like reviewing, um, you know, different business deals, real estate. I sort of feel like, and, and that's the comfort zone, right? Cause with real estate, it's sort of like, oh, I can do single family with my eyes closed getting into multifamily. I'm like, oh, there's a bit of a stretch. Right. And then, and same with, with business acquisitions where I'm like, all right, like when you're going through the due diligence, I'm like, all right, half of this is in Greek. Let me, let me dive in and figure out what all this means and uh, what could be hiding wow. under here. I'll share your due diligence report that you can read so you can read it. It's, Fantastic. it's really great. Yeah. You know, it's like the like you and I are we're very similar. And like I hired four, by the way, they they told me, oh, you're gonna get in this space. You can't hire anybody. It's impossible. I said, mm. hold my popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> uh so I hired four. Yeah. That apparently you can't hire anybody. I fired four on the same day, the day before Thanksgiving. They're begging to come work for me. Love it. And and, and, and they, every, all my partners asked me, what do you want to do like long-term in this business? I said, I would love to be HR. They're like, what? I'm like, yes. Hearing about their divorce, their alimony, their needs, their wants, their dreams. Like, I love it. <laughs> like I'm taking their kids out to dinner when I'm in town in two weeks, like meeting their family. Like, I think it's so great that they yeah. want to work for me. And I'm excited to you know, uh, build them a house, buy them a house, finance them. There's so much more than just the job you're doing. Yeah. And I find so much joy in the overall picture. Yeah, for sure. The, the being able to create jobs and, uh, and impact people's lives, you know, it's, it's like, it, that's, that's always a little bit humbling, right? Is sort of like, oh, like, cause you, you get into the weeds of like, you're just doing whatever's on your schedule that day. And then when you get that, when you hear those messages, you're just sort of like, Dude, oh, shoot, is that story. what we're doing? I can't wait for you to have this moment. We go sign the paperwork two weeks ago. I didn't know I was going to the office that day. I've never met anybody, just the owner. And we signed it, the actual purchase agreement. He goes, hey, do you want to go to the office? And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, we're going to go meet everybody. I'm like, what? And he hadn't even told everybody yet. And oh, so wow. we walk in and he like runs into somebody and he's like, hey, 
this is your new owner. And I'm like, and this guy's like 20 years older than me. And it was like this. And then I spoke to everybody and it was like this, it was like this surreal moment. I'm like, Oh my God. And this is what I said to him. This is so great. I said, look, I know you're all going to gossip about us after I leave. I was like, (laughs) so just to get it out of the way, this is who I am. This is what I've done. Alcohol addiction, drug addict, uh, you know, homeless, divorced. And they were like, thank you. Thank you. Half of those guys have had drug problems, ex-military, divorced. They said, hey, you're a human. We see that you're a human. We're bought into that human. We don't know why. This is the message I got. We don't know why, but we trust you. And like they met me for like an hour. And so it's like where I have a concern, and as you get into this more business uh, realm, is that we taught society that you manage from a spreadsheet. Yeah. And that's not the case. These are people. Their lives, their families. And you have to be people, and, and I think our our roles in consulting and coaching gives us an advantage to understand sure. the inner workings of humans to really scale something. Well, and I think for hiring, like you, you, you know, whether you're a coach or not, you are an accidental coach if you run a business, if you have team, if you have even one part-time contractor, because the reality is you're developing humans. This is their career. This is their job. This is their you know, I mean, it's what they're doing for most of their waking hours. If you've got someone working for you 40 hours. Um, so, you know, you're going to be coaching them. Well, you, you can, you can do it, you know, you can do it with some sort of skills or you can figure it out along the way or whatever. But, you know, if you're going to have an employee for, I like to jokingly say I hire once a decade. Cause I really, I take my time hiring. I have a whole process. I'm a super nerd about it. Um, but once I hire, I really want them to stay, you know, for a decade. And so what the only way that's possible is to really cultivate that relationship. Yeah, my favorite quote is you hire one to hire 10. Yeah. That, that one hires like we're, we're bringing on a CEO that I'm taking from another company. I have no idea why he's going with us, uh, but he trusts us. And this is a big move for us. And we're hiring him on Thursday. It's probably the biggest hire I'll ever do for the next 15 years. And I'm very dead. Like I met him in person for three hours. Like I met his wife. I met his kids. Like this is not That's huge. Yeah. at his point in his career to move from a $50 million company to us. Like that's like, you know, and then the gravity of that situation really started hitting me. Right. And I was like, oh yeah. my God, now I don't even want it for myself. I want it for him and his family. And so now right. there's like even more motivation, right? Yeah. And so when you start going down those layers, you realize this is not, a, this is not a joke. We're not hiring some $50,000 oh, employee, you know? Yeah. And so that's when it starts getting fun. So what would you say, this is fun. I'll see how you answer this. <laughs> what is the craziest goal that you have right now in your head? that you haven't shared with like a lot of people, like what's the, you said, oh, our goals are insane. Like what's the, what's the, oh my, oh my gosh goal that you're well, like. Well, it's, it's funny. Cause the, oh my gosh goal, which I, you know uh, yeah. So one of my business partners and I want to do 200 million in real estate in 2023. And, but what was funny and you know, it's like, I was like, I, he, I mean, he's more like, we literally, I think decided this, we were, we were talking about a hundred million, which I already thought was insane by the way. Uh, and then we shifted it to, to 20 to 200 million. I forget it was yesterday or the day before. And it literally happened in a conversation as one does. And I thought if the real world, if non-entrepreneurs were, a, were privy to this conversation and how it evolved and how in, you know, three and a half minutes, it went from hundred to 200. I mean, they'd put a, they'd lock us up in Wait. the, in, in the, the crazy house. Right. <laughs> but it's just numbers. It's just more zeros. Exactly. We went, yeah. our initial goal was one bill and it went up to 10. Like, you know, and just like a casual conversation, like a meeting. Right. And the thing is like, do I care if I hit 10 billion? No. Right. 
Right. But it's a, it's a target. Right. So exactly. Can, so we can build the school that we need to. Like it's exactly. That, well, right? exactly. And I thought it's you know as I as I heard like later as I was like because I was like all right sure we're going to the moon fine we're going to the moon. Um, you know, cause again, it's a target and it's sort of like, great, how are we going to, and then we reverse engineer it. Like what's that going to take? You know, what are the deal sizes? What's the frequency? How many offers do we need to make? What's our conversion rate? What's a terrible conversion rate? What's a standard one? Like we go through all of that as entrepreneurs do and reverse engineer. How do we actually get to there? Cause you can set pie in the sky goals, but how are you going to get there? But the crazy part really too is, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really, it's just zeros. It's just multiplying. It's just doing 10 times the deals. And it's just adding that leverage, right? Adding the systems, adding the people, you know, so it's like, okay, who do we need to hire to help us get there? Because if we're going to be putting in 10 offers a day or whatever the number was, um, you know, is this still fresh, then how are we going to do that? We need, you know, we need more, we need more time. We need more, uh, we need more help. We need, we need a system. We need a process. And that's the stuff I nerd out on. That's the stuff that I love. So yeah, that's one of, that's one of the crazy ones for sure. One of the things I heard from Brandon Turner was what he does with big properties is he just takes a zero off. So he doesn't get nervous. No, oh, like he's underwriting the deal at seven hundred million. He just says it's you know it's it's it's, it's seventy seven hundred thousand. Yeah, you know yeah, he just takes seven, it off yeah. and he's like he's like yeah. your mind doesn't even know the difference. But he's right. like you know and so I really think this life is about self awareness. Yeah, I think it's about hacking your mind, knowing what you're good at, right? And so I guess the question I kind of want to finish here and yeah. go in is like you're a mom. Yeah, you you have kids. You have multiple businesses. You yeah. travel back and forth. Yeah. How? How? Um, yeah. I mean, I think I, you know, probably the, I think probably being, you know, like everything that we've talked about, right. In terms of being self-aware, but I think one of my superpowers is, um, is that sort of the same thing that I apply to business. I apply it in my personal life. And this, I think is not talked about enough. I think entrepreneurs don't do this enough in terms of it's like snore systems, processes, and outsourcing. Let's make that sound a little bit more, you know, sexy, so to speak. Um, my friends tease me about this all the dang time, but basically I don't do anything myself that I don't have to do myself or I don't want to do myself. And so what that looks like in a day-to-day -day realm is it looks like a, a lot of help. It looks bougie as hell. Right. And and it's not from being a diva or a princess or, or whatever else, but in, but having all this support staff, meaning there is healthy food in my fridge at all times that I do not shop for. There is, you know, there's always clean clothing, clean linens, clean house, et cetera, none of which I have any part of. Um, you know, there is, there's errands being run. There are, you know, systems in place for that. I have virtual mailboxes in all the cities that I am, you know, um, spending time in, right. Which means either, either a, a, an actual virtual mailbox or a human that I hire that goes once a week scans, you know, like here are the five things that showed up, which ones do you want me to open, open the IRS one, open the state of Oregon one or whatever, and send it to the accountant to this, that, and the other. Um, and those things are, are I, I, so I'm able to do that on the plane, right. So that way um, I'm able to really spend my time either in that zone of genius of being a CEO um, or an investor or momming, right? Which means having those difficult conversations with the kids, which means encouraging them. And, and my momming style is, I mean, at this point, I'm, I'm, I'll, be a, I'll have been a mom for almost 24 years now. So maybe it's exhaustion, but it really is. It's very much very coach-like in that I'm not sitting there going, you know, oh, let me cut your steak for you. It really is you know, asking them questions. It really is. And, and, and not taking excuses. Right. So, so, you know, being available, um, to them and being, making sure that of course they're fed, clothed, uh, they, they're, they're, you know, 
eating healthy food, going to bed at a reasonable time, like showing them these habits and also showing them like all the different cool things that I'm doing, inspiring them being available to answer questions. But mostly my questions look like questions back at them. Right. And, and uh, looks like encouraging them through the hard things, not making their life easy. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of how, I mean, I feel like it's, it's easy in 24 hours a day if you have a lot of help. And, uh, and yeah, that, that, that every, every dollar that comes in, like I still don't own one designer handbag. It all goes into the one thing I spend time on is buying back my time. And that's not just in the business sense. It's in the personal sense too. Well, I'm hiring you to design my life because <laughs> it's time to get some of that stuff done. I'm going right? to have you come in and teach all the partners how to do yeah, it, man. I mean, that's, sure. that's the truth, right? It's, 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 uh, I remember when I remember when I hired my first, I didn't even pay him. He was working for free, but I remember I was such a bad boss the first time around. Cause I'm, you know, I'm going mock 97. Uh, and then my partner came in. One of my oldest partners was like, Hey man, like, I, I, I love you. He's like, you're amazing. But he's like, if we all ran as fast as you ran, you're not going to have anybody running with you. And he's like, you have to, let everybody be at 80% and kind of, and then I started like, okay, okay. Like, yeah. and, and so like, I've gotten so much better over the years of being communicative and, and getting better, but like, really what you're like, everything that you said, that's exactly what I want to do. Yeah. Like the moment that we have a kid and yeah. we get a house, like we're going to have somebody that comes over and prepares food twice, twice yeah. a week. There's yeah. fresh smoothies in the thing, you know, all the stuff yeah. that doesn't need to be done so we can show up and be parents and be available and, and exactly. everything like that. And people are like, Oh, you're boozy and all that shit. No, 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 no. I'm more attentive because all these other things I'm being hundred percent serious. Yeah. This is the number one concern on my mind. I have no idea how a single mom with two kids and a full-time job gets anything done. That's my quandary in life. Yeah. How, how do you go to the store? How do you, how you go to the bank? How you, like, when do you do these things? And so if you're not yeah. optimizing your life, I don't, I don't really know what you're doing. Well, and that's the thing is, I mean, I was a single mom, right? I had, a, I had a kid at 18. I didn't have any money. Um, and so I did all of that, but there wasn't, you know, it, it was a survival mode and it really was. And in that time, what helped me was really cutting out anything superfluous, right? Where it was like, my hobbies were researching how to start a business. I mean, that's really all there was left. But I feel like, you know, once you get started on it, I mean, Dan Sullivan, I think, I think it was, he calls it tinfoil hat activities. I think as entrepreneurs, what, what baffles me is really the entrepreneurs that are making millions of dollars and are still spending their weekend doing their laundry, running, you know, running errands or whatever. Now I have some entrepreneur friends that I tease uh, all the time. I'm like, why are you mowing your lawn? Can we talk about this? Or why did you fix the, the fence? And if they get pleasure out of that. No, 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 no. Great. The only thing you can never take away from me is mowing a lot. It's my okay. favorite thing in the entire world. I, I, I don't know why I do, dudes I went like out, do this. I went on but okay. Saturday it's, and I know. mowed four acres just because. Right. I mean, it's, if it's meditative for you, then have at it. But like, but the reality is, I think, you know, the, the cool part is really auditing because it's not just time. It's not just hours. We all have the same 24 um, to an extent. I mean, I, I want to acknowledge privilege and all that good stuff. Um, but it, it really is you know, a matter of bandwidth, right? Like if I can finish my, my day or my weekend and I feel refreshed, fulfilled, rested and whatever, I'm going to have a completely different Monday morning than if I've been running around folding socks. That's just the way it is. And it's what I choose to reinvest my money in. I love it.
Yeah. So if people want to find out more about you, they want to check you out, how would they do that? Yeah, I think um, I'm Sylvie McCracken everywhere on social media. And um, I don't even know what we're doing. We're selling nothing at the moment, but eventually we're probably going to put the call out for investors for, for properties. So that's probably the only thing I've got going on um, going forward. And I'm super excited about it. And see, now y'all know why she's called Force of Nature. Guys, if you got some value from this episode, send it to a friend, share it with somebody to get some value, rate us and reviews, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.